This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years with expertise across income and alternatives. Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit Nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what to do if you feel burdened by student debt. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Mark Kantrowitz is a financial aid expert and publisher of CapEx.com, a college and scholarship site. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Mark, so plenty of folks out there feel burdened by student debt. So what should we do if we have a short-term financial difficulty and are having trouble paying those loans? Well, it's not uncommon to have a short-term financial difficulty. Maybe you have medical leave or maternity leave or paternity leave. Um, There are two main options that temporarily suspend your repayment obligation. One is the economic hardship deferment. The other is a forbearance. Uh, They're not good long-term solutions because interest may continue to accrue on some of your loans. And if it's uh, unpaid as it accrues, it'll be added to your loan balance. Uh, But they are good temporary solutions. If you need a couple months break in your student loan payment, your interest won't accumulate too much. What's the difference between the economic hardship deferment and a forbearance, just so we're clear? Okay. So... The main difference has to do with subsidized federal loans, like the subsidized federal Stafford loan. During a deferment, the federal government pays the interest on a subsidized loan. But you remain responsible for the interest on unsubsidized loans. During a forbearance, you're responsible for the interest on both subsidized and unsubsidized loans. I see. So your goal I would imagine, at most times, just at least try to pay the interest on your loans, right? Right. That's called a partial forbearance, and that'll keep you from digging yourself into a deeper hole. What do you say to people? Because I've heard a fair amount of younger folks saying, you know what, I can't afford this at all, so I'm just not going to pay my loans, period. What do you say to them? What advice do you have? Well, with the federal loans, the federal government has very strong powers to compel repayment, They can garnish up to 15% of your wages and offset your federal income tax refunds and part of your Social Security benefits. So ultimately, they're going to get your money one way or the other. But because of the damage that's caused by defaulting on your loans, you're going to be paying a lot more, and it's going to ruin your credit and hurt you in other areas of your finances. So you're better off getting into an affordable repayment plan, like one of the income-driven repayment plans, where the monthly payment is based on your discretionary income, and so by definition is going to be affordable. You'll even pay less on under an income-driven repayment plan than you would if your wages are garnished. 
I see. So in terms of if you're having that long-term financial difficulty, meaning maybe you don't make a lot at, at your job or you've got other family obligations, you're you're supporting other people, do you suggest the income-driven repayment pa- plan or should we also look at extended repayment plans or what? Well, either extended repayment or income-driven repayment is going to yield your lowest monthly payment. Uh, and so you will not have to pay as much. It'll be less burdensome on you. They do so by stretching out the term of the loan. So ultimately, you're going to pay more interest over the life of the loan than you would under a standard 10-year repayment plan. But if you can't pay more, then you can't pay more. Yep. So these are the among your best options for long-term financial difficulty. There so, seems to be so many different options for repayment of the student loans. How do we sort through them? How do we figure out which one is best for us? Do you have any tips in that regard? Well, there are too many repayment plans, and sometimes you'll get deer and headlight syndrome where there's too many choices. Yep. But fundamentally, you can look at what the difference is on your monthly payment and what the difference is on the total payments over the life of the loan. And usually the shorter the repayment term, the higher the monthly payment, but the less interest you pay over the life of the loan. And generally speaking, I recommend choosing the repayment plan that has the highest monthly payment you can afford. That will save you the most money over the life of the loan. I would love to get your opinion on this because some people out there, and I guess we heard this when Bernie Sanders was more in in media um, place, people were saying, you know, well, what if the government just gets rid of the loans? Like, for example, they're going to absolve all the loans. What I mean, what do you think of the odds of that? Is that just wishful thinking on behalf of a lot of folks that, that one day the government's just going to come in and, you know, you're not going to have to owe anything anymore, even though you owe tens of thousands of dollars? It just isn't going to happen. And if you're waiting for the federal government to forgive all loans, it's like waiting for Godot. Um, you'll be hurting yourself in the interim by having interest and collection charges and late fees added to your loan balance, and ultimately uh, you will have to pay back your loans. The main kind of forgiveness that we can expect from the federal government would be forgiveness for work in a public service area, and there already is a public service loan forgiveness. But even that forgiveness program, the uh, federal government's kind of having second thoughts about it. The GAO came out with a report saying that the cost of public service loan forgiveness is higher than was originally estimated. President Obama had proposed scaling back public service loan forgiveness. And uh, in a Republican-controlled Congress, it's very likely that there will be some changes uh, and not in the direction of expanding loan forgiveness, more likely in the direction of uh, limiting uh, how much forgiveness you can get and who can qualify for forgiveness. Interesting. So then again, President Trump proposed a new income-driven repayment plan. So it's very hard to predict what might happen uh, during the current administration. That is difficult to predict. I want to underscore something you said about credit, because if you don't pay your loans, you let them just go by the wayside, it can really damage your credit. And that can affect you as you go to buy a house, you try to get by a car. But also, I want to stress to folks, that can really hurt you when you're looking for a job. Because there's a certain amount of employers that will pull a credit report, ask you to you know, want to look at your credit to see whether or not you are worthy of getting hired in their eyes. So there are 
repercussions of having bad credit that you may not immediately think about, but you have to consider. So I want to take a quick break, Mark, but I would love to get more of your advice when we come back. Certainly. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Hi, this is Paul Gigo, host of the Potomac Watch podcast. Join me and my colleagues every week as we dissect all of the latest happenings in Washington. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Google Play Music app. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York... Here's Veronica Dagger. We're speaking with Mark Kantrowitz about what to do if you feel burdened by student debt. Mark, you always have so many great tips, and I would love to get more of them. I know you had mentioned the benefit of auto debit in helping ease the burden of paying back some of those student loans. So tell us about that and how that can help us. Well, with auto debit, you agree to have your monthly payments automatically transferred from your bank to the lender. And many lenders will offer you a slight discount as an incentive. Typically, they'll reduce your interest rate by a quarter of a percentage point or half a percentage point. It gives you a little bit of money back in exchange for simplifying the process for the lender. Sometimes they'll require you to agree to receive the billings, the statements via uh, electronic form through email or off a website. The benefit of this is, first of all, you're going to be less likely to be late with a payment. That means that your credit score will improve because you're automatically going to have your payments on time. Still possible to be late with a payment if you have insufficient funds in your bank account, but for most borrowers, this is a significant improvement. Um, And you very quickly get used to not having the money in your bank account, whereas if you don't have auto debit, When it comes time to write the check to pay your student loan bill, not only you're paying postage, but you may have already spent your paycheck. Whereas with the auto debit, the money is taken out of your bank account, and you quickly get used to not having that money there to spend on things that aren't necessarily as important. That's a really good point. It's almost like contributing to your 401k. If it's done automatically for you every paycheck, after a while, you probably really don't feel that percentage leaving because you're just not used to having the money. So something to be said about auto debit. I want to talk about taxes because tax season is coming up upon us very, Excuse me, very quickly. So what about student loans and taxes? Can we get any benefit for all the, the money we've paid out in student loans? Well, there's something called the student loan interest deduction, which is an above-the-line exclusion from income for up to $2,500 in interest that you paid on federal and private student loans. An above-the-line exclusion from income reduces your adjusted gross income, so it may benefit you in other ways. And you can take this deduction even if you don't itemize deductions on your federal income tax return. And for the typical borrower, it's going to save several hundred dollars in taxes. Now, there's income limits to that, though, right? Isn't it if you make more than 60000 you can't do that? I'm not sure if I've got the numbers right, but... I mean, it, it 
there are income phase-outs. Um, they, I think it's at uh, $60,000. It begins phasing out. Um, and uh, actually, 65000 is when it begins phasing out and is fully phased out at $80,000 of income if you're single. And if you're married filing jointly, it's double that. So 130000 it begins phasing out, and on $160,000, it is fully phased out. Now, note that it's the same $2,500 whether you're single or married. So if both you and your spouse have student loans, you're going to be subject to that uh, same $2,500, uh, which in effect is a marriage penalty, even though you have the higher income phase-outs. Got it. Great tips as always. Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Thank you for having me. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at dowjones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.